back to the David Glenn Show. We are celebrating the opening night of hockey season with John Forslund's visit. In about 30 minutes, the head coach of the Canes, Rod Brindamore, joined us yesterday. The owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon, will join us as we broadcast live from PNC Arena on the Canes opening night. That's tomorrow night against the Montreal Canadiens. We'll get back to some playoff baseball as well a little bit later. Some NFL, including the Jaguars' visit to your Carolina Panthers. But joining us now, as promised, a guy who played for more than a decade in the NFL as a tight end. He was a star at West Virginia. He is from the Philly area originally, and now he's an analyst on college football for the folks at ESPN. Anthony Becht, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing well, David. You made me kind of shake a little bit when you said Mr. Dundon's name after after my experience with the AAF this year. Yeah. So it definitely brought back a little shaky memory. <laughs> well, the good news, Anthony, is that you were not on an AAF roster. So if you think it was, was shaky, if, if it was shaky for you, imagine how shaky it was for those guys wondering about their next paychecks. No doubt. I'm, I'm glad a bunch of those players were able to get an opportunity uh, in the NFL. But uh, that's the task. Let's talk about what we got going on now. <laughs> Let's do that. And I have, you know, the games on my mind. We have Auburn at Florida, Iowa at Michigan, Texas at your alma mater, West Virginia. Michigan State visits a, an undefeated Ohio State team. But let me start you with a broad question before we dive into those national games and even some of the teams near our neighborhood. Uh, you played in exchange for room, board, tuition, et cetera, at West Virginia. Since then, they've added the cost of attendance adjustment, which puts thousands of dollars extra into these athletes' pockets. When you saw that California law adopted on Monday, which would open the door for athletes to get money from these third parties, you know, video game makers or shoe and apparel companies or even, you know, Bob's tractors or whatever – what did you think? Is it a good idea whose time has come? Do you see it as rife with potential disaster? Because you stood in those shoes. What would be the fair way to go? You know, I really see it from both sides. Uh, I truly understand that, you know, really this isn't going to help a lot for the majority of college football players or athletes in general. It's going to it's going to benefit the, the star on the team if there is one. Um you know, look, I think that there's a, there's a problem lying with it is there's an, uh, a lack of maturity in handling money for kids these age. We see it at the professional level when a junior or senior comes to the NFL and they don't know how to handle their financials. Uh, not that they're just, in, they're just illiterate to, the, to what it takes. I was part of that world. I, I had to learn. Uh, when I made it to the professional ranks. Now you're talking about a potential recruit, a younger player, if you're playing early, who's a good player on the team. I just hope that legislation and the universities themselves educate the athletes on financial literacy because it is such an important part of the piece of the puzzle instead of just handing a check or letting them go, you know, sponsor a dealership because – there are major implications with that. They don't know how to handle money, period. A lot of these kids that come to these universities and colleges don't come from places that they know how to handle money, nor have they had it in, that, in, that, in, that, in their world. And also, I look at it as a benefit. I mean, how many kids do we see leave college early, junior year, redshirt sophomore year, to go to the league when they don't even get drafted and they're listening to people – 
and all this jazz, but they leave, they leave because they're trying to get money, make money for their family, and it goes south for them, and they have no options. This maybe, as a positive, would be nice to see, okay, you get a couple extra bucks in your pocket, your family is a little better off in the circumstance that you're in. Now you can continue to develop as a player and not leave till you're supposed to leave, when you actually can get drafted at a peak point and not leave early and go money diving. So I can look at it at both aspects. The one true thing I worry about is at the bigger schools, when it's just one guy or two guys that are the premier players and they just completely make out like bandits on this, if they do, how is that in the locker room with other players? Look, these guys, you know, I know when I was playing, if you had an extra 100, 150 bucks in your pocket, you felt like gold. Yeah. Just being an athlete on campus, that was a status figure already. Now you're going to have guys with potential money in their pocket, all like a professional. It's just they need to be taught the do's and don'ts of financial of the financials uh, literacy because that that is ultimately the biggest factor at all levels. Not you know just go the pros, but let alone coming out of high school. Anthony Beck is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Anthony underscore Beck, ESPN college football analyst. As you know, one of the bigger games of the past weekend was right here in our backyard. Clemson ekes out the one-point victory over the Tar Heels after Mac Brown tries to go for two and win it, but uh, falls short there. When you think about the Tigers' close call, or they're not the only one that has not played, you know, the, the overwhelming schedule, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma, they're all killing people, but they haven't they don't have a great win yet at those schools either. Do you have, you know, one month before the college football playoff committee puts out its rankings? I think that happens in no, early November for the first time. If you had to put out your rankings today, do you have a clear-cut top four? And what are you – obviously, they're all going to be undefeated, but – what are you incorporating into that in terms of style points and margin of victory and quality of opponent and all the rest? Because that's all over the place among these top half a dozen or so teams. Yeah, you're right. There is not enough information to do that. I can give you my top five, Yeah. but all five of those teams are worthy of the number one spot. So uh, Clemson is not in my top five. Will they be there at the end of the year? I'm counting on they will, but as of today, they're not. They're not playing – as dominant as well as other teams. But I look at it a little differently with Clemson. That North Carolina game, I mean, look, Clemson has not lost in a long time. That kind of game would actually, I think, in my opinion, help Clemson moving forward than if they had gone in and just beat them, thumped them 52 to nothing. Think about the circumstances for coaches and players, the pressure points, the, 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 having to make a big key block or a big play or a catch or you know, something in that game where it just rose the level of awareness, I think that helps teams. You know, Clemson just isn't maybe clicking offensively they want to be, but they still got studs everywhere and great players on that football field. So, to me, as they, they'll continue to get better and, you know, people want to downplay the ACC, and look, it, it may not be as strong, but everybody knows that when you're the top team and you don't lose and you're always, you're always going to get everybody's A game. So, you know, I think sometimes if you blow a team out like Ohio State, who a lot of people have them in their top two, I got them at five. Yeah, they're handling business right now, but I, I called the Nebraska game the first week of the season. They're not a good team. They're not as good as people thought they would be, and they've shown that. So, yeah, they've blown teams out. They've taken care of business, but they need to be challenged, and they probably won't get challenged till Wisconsin 
you know, Michigan State, like you mentioned that game, uh, you know, Michigan State's got a great defense, but, man, they can't score. So, I mean, what, what can you do if you're down 14 points against an Ohio State? Even if it's 14 nothing, it's going to be tough for them uh, to, to really compete. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I would have it Oklahoma 1, Auburn 2, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Georgia 3, Alabama 4, and then 5 will be Ohio State. But all those teams are worthy. So, if, you, if today was the last week, you'd have a problem, obviously, uh, picking out you know who those four teams would be. I don't know how much ACC football is on your radar week to week, but besides Clemson, the three teams with the best records would be five and zero Wake Forest, four and one UVA, whose only loss is at Notre Dame this past weekend, and three and one Duke, whose only loss was against Mighty Alabama down in Atlanta to open the season. Everybody's saying it's you know Clemson and everybody else in the ACC. Do you, have you seen anything from Wake or UVA or Duke to think that uh, you know they're better than just another team? They might be in the process of having a special season. Yeah, I mean UVA that was a tight game. You know, on the road. I mean, they were winning the majority of that time against Notre Dame. Uh, I like UVA. I mean, they're they're a very strong opponent. You know, Wake Forest obviously they you know Clawson has just done a spectacular job everywhere he's been when he's given a couple years to build a program up. I don't know if they have enough to, to make it last, but, um, you know, I've covered them last year. I saw what they had. I didn't predict them to be a team that was going to be, uh, you know, 5-0 and at this point in the season, but they're well coached. And when you're well coached and you minimize mistakes and you get good, good quarterback play, you're going to be in the mix. Duke clearly has played well, but I don't know if they're an echelon team right now. I mean, they, they've definitely played well, but they got the break speed out of them by Alabama, so hard to gauge where they're at. I mean, UNC is better than people thought. I mean, Pitt is usually Pitt plays to the standard of the opponent they play against. If you're good, they'll probably match you. If you're not good, they'll probably match you, right? So those are the things you deal with, uh, you know, from from conference play. But, you know, FSU, I think, will only get better. They'll be dangerous as the season goes on. So, you know, listen, all these teams are going to have their issues at some point in the season. All their leagues, all their divisions are going to get banged up. It, It will come back to the main focus of those they'll get challenged and and that's all that really matters to come towards the end of the season last thing for you i know you do some nfl broadcasting beyond playing in that league for a long time here in north carolina of course we're all watching the cam newton injury because you spent so much time in the locker room i wonder your thoughts generally about do players care if their face of the franchise quarterback, who's now 30 years old and, and injured and, you know, Kyle Allen's playing for him, do they care, like, if Cam shows up in a funky outfit at a press conference? Do they care if he puts out a video on social media, you know, explaining how he had hidden his foot injury and now he realizes he shouldn't have done that and he's going to be out for a while? Like, what at what point can you lose your teammates? Because on the outside – most people agree, you know, if you don't like his outfit, who really cares? Only when it starts impacting your locker room or your on-the-field performance is a quarterback or any leader letting their team down. Um, you know, look, Cam can wear whatever the hell he wants. I, it didn't never bothered me. We had eccentric guys wear stuff that, you know, we all laughed at him at, and I'm sure that's what it's all about. Right. It's in the locker room. If they don't like it, uh, you know, Cam, to me, doesn't look like he's having fun playing football. Um, but I will say this. He's one of the toughest players I've ever seen play the position. 
I mean, for a guy that has taken the hits and uh, and battled the injuries, you know, hiding an injury, man, that, that that's kudos to him for for trying to do that because he cares about being out there and he fought through it. Now, could it have hurt his team maybe in those situations? Maybe, but let's be honest, an eighty percent Cam Newton's better than majority of the quarterbacks probably that were on that roster in the past. Now, uh, with with Allen and what he's doing, it's really unbelievable. I mean, it's it's hard to b- believe even the fact that Will Greer was a draft pick and and he's not even in there. So. Uh, you know, for me, I, look, I, Cam's. I think Cam needs to get healthy. If you have a healthy Cam, he's a dangerous player, yeah. and I think that's what really the players care about. So, you know, we'll see how it works out. But this kid's making it hard, right? You know, that's the real question: is yeah. what happens if it's two more weeks down the road, and now they're four and zero since he's been gone? <laughs> that's where the decision gets a little interesting, and the conversation changes. Oh, and that makes it really easy for a statewide syndicated host in the great state of North Carolina. I can promise you that. <laughs> Anthony Beck, thank you as always for your time on the David Glenn Show. Keep up the good work. You got it, man. Take care. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. On Twitter, he is at Anthony underscore Beck, former West Virginia Mountaineer, longtime tight end in the National Football League, now an ESPN college football analyst. 1-800-849-2761. In 15 minutes, we will celebrate opening night in the National Hockey League with a visit from John Forslund, the radio and TV voice of the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, the Canes opening night, remember, is tomorrow night as they host Montreal, but other teams do get underway this evening. Tom Dundon, the owner, is my guest tomorrow at PNC Arena as we broadcast live prior to the season opener. Rod Brindamore dropped by yesterday. Star players will be dropping by all season long here on the David Glenn Show. We are celebrating the baseball playoffs. Thanks to Dan Shulman of ESPN for dropping by on his way to calling the Rays at the A's AL wildcard game this evening. We're celebrating college football and the NFL. John Forslund later on more hockey. We have Kane's tickets to give away on the other side. Appreciate Anthony Becht for being our football analyst today. Pitt is at Duke on Saturday night. The winner will be in good position to make a run at least at UVA at the top of the Coastal Division. Carolina goes to Georgia Tech. If the Tar Heels are really on their way back under Mack, they must show it in Atlanta against an inferior Georgia Tech team. It can't be rise to the occasion against number one Clemson and then fall on your face against one of the worst Georgia Tech teams we've seen in quite some time. Virginia Tech is at Miami this weekend. Does fourth-year Hokies coach Justin Fuente have a mutiny on his hands in Blacksburg. Weird stuff is happening there on and off the field. Meanwhile, Manny Diaz thinks he still has a good Miami team. They did lose to the Tar Heels, but they are 2-2 two and two and on their way back, perhaps. BC is at Louisville. Scott Satterfield's Cardinals hosting Steve Adazio, who has some wondering whether he's inching toward the hot seat. He's never won more than seven games in a single season at BC, and this is his seventh year there. If you're going to get to more than seven this year, you better go to Louisville and beat the Cardinals. Take a look at the rest of that schedule. It's a short schedule. No state this weekend, no wake this weekend. whole bunch of teams are off. There are only four ACC games, and it's all four head-to-head. So six ACC teams are off this weekend in football. A shortened schedule, but a whole lot on the line for some of the teams that are playing. Ticket giveaway on the other side. You will need to answer a trivia question. Will you, you will have your option of Sunday against Tampa. I have a pair with a parking pass, Darren. That will need to be picked up. I have 
two pair remaining for tomorrow night's opener, and that is a hard ticket to get. These two pair do not have parking passes with them, just full transparency. We have given away a truckload of tickets. All parking passes for that game have been absconded. More ticket giveaways on the other side. John Forsland live later this hour. More on the football weekend that awaits us. And we're thankful for your participation. 1-800-849-2761. It may be a question about the 06 Canes. It may be a question about the 2019-2020 Canes. I try not to make it too hard, but I do like to weed out those who are masquerading as Caniacs. I like the real deal Caniacs to have the right answers to our trivia questions. That's why I try to make it at least a little tricky. Remember that guy who was masquerading as an out-of-towner? He wanted to sit in our seats. Tricked him, didn't I? Tricked him. We can't have people rooting for the Canadians tomorrow night. Not on my tickets. Not on my watch, Darren Vaught. 1-800-849-2761. Free tickets and more fun with sports next on the David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? It's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. John Forslund will help us celebrate the opening night of hockey's regular season when he joins us a little bit later this hour. Right now, we have possession of the hottest ticket in town. The Canes host the Canadians tomorrow night. The Canes are relevant again. The Canes matter. The Canes defensive core earlier today was ranked number one in the entire NHL. They have nice goaltending. They have some promising young forwards. They have some quality veterans. They have a wonderful head coach in Rod Brindamore who joined us yesterday. They have a fascinating owner who will join us on tomorrow's program. Voice of the Canes, John Forslund, later this hour. Right now, we're giving away. Here's what I have, Darren. One pair with a parking pass to Sunday against Tampa. They would need to pick those up because a parking pass doesn't help you at will call. One pair right now we're giving away to Canes Canadians opening night. Precious ticket. Only so many of these still out there. I'm giving away one today. I'm also giving away one pair on tomorrow's show live at PNC. Why? Because I can just walk over to the will call window and leave it for you there. These do not have parking passes for tomorrow night's game. Again, I have given out all of those that I have. So whether at gunpoint or a friendly phone call, I can only give away what I have in my possession. I will be there. I will be not in my front row seats, but in some other seats, enjoying the game with you all. Come say hi if you're near PNC Arena as we broadcast there from noon to 3 with Tom Dundon, the owner, among our guests. Darren, as we go to Jansen in Raleigh, Jansen will have first choice at tickets tomorrow or Sunday. Do you think it's shallow if I remember the name of a wonderful girl from a foreign country that I that I met back at like 16 or 17 years old. You know, now that I'm an old married guy with two kids, is that still acceptable in today's world? Yeah, I'm never re- sure to, about how these things work. To remember her name? Yeah, there are a lot of variables in play. I'm not going to elaborate. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I'm an old married I'm sure dude. she was special in, so, in certain ways. But. She was special, Darren. <laughs> She was special. Tell me this as we go to Jansen, and I promise there's a hockey-related point in here somewhere. Is it shallow if one of the reasons I remember one of my best friends from childhood 
is that he introduced me to that girl from that foreign country <laughs> because she was an exchange student living in his house. Like, if it's on the list of why I remember my good friend Dave Emmerich, who haps, happens to have relocated to the Charlotte area. See, we Yankees are everywhere. Is that shallow, or is it if you were Dave? This is one of my best high school buddies. <laughs> drove to and from school every day for years, right? A friend to this day. One of my three best friends growing up. Is it shallow if the fact that he introduced me to the Finnish sensation named Katya back when I was in high school, is, it, is that not best friend material? Or is it like, what, what if it was just one of the five things that yeah, I remember I was going to say, I'm sure there are other things, other reasons why he is a best friend of yours. But <laughs> again, again, DG, this depends on how special the girl is. She was special, Darren. Then, yeah, you're good. You're in the she clear. Was, she was special. Katia Kankola. I mean, you can't make that up, right? Supermodel. A, a pivotal, pivotal person in my upbringing as a young, healthy American male. Shout out to my friend Dave Hemrick for making that magic happen so many, many, many years ago. Uh, I speak of Katya from Finland because today's question for Jansen, as we say hello. Jansen, how are you? Are you a deep Kaniac? Are you a long-term Kaniac, a relatively recent convert? Tell us about yourself. What's up, DG? Doing uh, great. I am a uh, lifelong Kaniac, as huh? the Canes came to rally. Actually, my birth year. So, oh, okay. Um, I've been been a caniac my whole life. Um, uh, played hockey growing up. Oh, very cool. All right, uh, I will not. I will. To, yeah. I will save my 2006 trivia question for an older person, because Jansen, you would have been like nine or so, or what would that be? Around there. Uh, I would have been uh, around nine. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, I'm fairly familiar with uh, with that team. How do you but feel? How do you prefer- feel about Finland? Do you, are, are you good on Canes-related Finland trivia? Do you feel good about that kind of a question? Uh, current Canes, I feel pretty confident. All right, uh, here's your question. Katya is not the correct answer. Only for me, she is the Finnish sensation in my world, but not yours, sadly. There are three current Canes from Finland. If you can even name two of those three, hint. Two are returnees and key players from last year. One is a new cane, but also from Finland. For the win and your choice of either opening night tickets or Sunday tickets, can you name two of those three flying fins? Yes, sir, I can. Tevo Teravainen and Sebastian Ajo. Excellent. We would have accepted Eric Halla who is uh, from Vegas, among other places, one of the new canes that folks can get familiar with starting tomorrow night. Jansen, you are a winner. Would you like the two tickets without a parking pass to opening night or the two tickets with a parking pass to Sunday? I'm going with opening night tomorrow. Yeah, it's hard to turn down, man. All right, Jansen and Raleigh, you are a winner probably in more ways than the one we just displayed for the great state of North Carolina and your fellow listeners and hockey fans. So that means today's opening night pair is out the door, Darren. I don't want to disappoint anybody. That means what I have left is a pair with a parking pass Sunday, and you'd have to be able to pick them up, right, because it's too close. All right, so if drop... If you don't want the Sunday tickets, just hang up now. If you do, I have another question for you, 1-800-849-2761. Matt and Carrie, you're next on the David Glenn Show. As we look forward to John Forslund, voice of the Canes, joining us on the other side. Uh, how long have you been a Cane, Matt? Caniac. So I don't want to set myself up, but I've been a Hartford Whaler fan 
back okay. in 89. All right. And was so, it an easy conversion for you when they yeah, moved here? So we, we moved down here in 92. All right. Oh, so, yeah. So they're your team in a different way than even these folks who were born in North Carolina can appreciate. Yeah. Is yeah there... I actually went to two playoff games last year. Lost my voice in both of them. That's what I like to hear. That's the kind of person that I want to see win tickets here on the David Glenn Show. Is there anything weird about the fact that you've had to love them in two different places? Or is it is it you love the Canes the same way somebody who was born in Montreal might like the Canadians? No, I, so I was a Hartford Whalers fan, so... Um... Maybe you had to get over a hate, a dislike I, for Peter Carmanis or something? Yeah, it was pretty much, I was so glad that they moved down here that I just pretty much dropped everything and was a full jerk, let's say that. That's what I like to hear. All right, yep. in 2006, you're familiar with that Stanley Cup team? Yes, I am. In 2006, they used two different goalies during the regular season before one of them went on to be the playoffs MVP. You yes. must you must give us one of those two goalies. We'd be extra impressed if you can give us both. Well, it was the rookie of the year, and that's Cam Ward. Indeed. And then Archers Urbe? No, but that's okay. You're a winner anyway. Oh, the win was Cam Ward. He brought us the cup. He was the playoffs MVP, or at least he got the most votes for that. Some thought it should have gone to Rod Brindamore. But Cam Ward is in the history books as that playoffs MVP. Believe it or not, and I'm telling you, you can win a lot of bar bets with this piece of trivia. Cam Ward started only 28 games for the Carolina Hurricanes that year. 20, would you have guessed that, Darren Vaught, as a convert to the Canes? Cam Ward started only 28 games for the Canes that year. Martin Gerber started 60 games for the Canes that year. Easy to forget because... Yeah, he went into the playoffs as the starter, but that Cam Ward rookie guy who went on to that playoff MVP status went from mostly afterthought during the regular season. He had like a 3.6 goals against average, not great in the regular season or something close to that, and then was the sensational kid on the way to the Stanley Cup championship ring. You got the most important part of the question right. Arthur's Urbe, of course, was another veteran goalie with the Canes near that era, but not he was not that starter. Martin Gerber is that answer to the guaranteed bar bet victory Canes trivia question. 1-800-849-2761. Matt, stay on the line. We'll help you pick up your Sunday tickets with a parking pass. I will also be at that game with a partner to be determined darren you're my guy tomorrow night right i am i'm taking you to dinner at backyard bistro absolutely right across the street from pnc arena i don't know what time we'll make that happen so show from noon to three i'm wandering the innards of pnc arena hooking up with some canes front office personnel and doing some cool things then you and i and who knows who else dinner at backyard bistro then back to the arena for that 7 o'clock or so puck drop. We like to be in our seats early. I've got to canvas the beers this year. I mean, that's always a big moment. You still have to try the uh, Storm Brew, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I'll definitely try the Storm Brew, but i, I got to walk the concourse. i got to see what's <laughs> right up there at the top of 110. Am I going to have to walk halfway around the arena to find my favorite craft beer, or is it going to be right there at the top of my section? I, you'd think I'd have enough pull by now to get one of my favorite beers right at the top of my row. Not, apparently not. 
I got to walk halfway around the building. The good news is there are good options for everybody, and the options change each year. Uh, besides the hockey, that is my second most important task tomorrow night, figuring out the lay of the beer land as the Carolina Hurricanes offer much more in the form of game day entertainment than just good old-fashioned hockey. John Forslund is the voice that leads that entertainment. Radio play-by-play voice, TV play-by-play voice of your Carolina Hurricanes. We'll talk about what's new in the league. Did you know that because of some mishaps in last year's playoffs, there are some new rules for you to know as a hockey fan and or Kaniac. John Forslund, of course, on the Canes, but also those other things next on the David Glenn Show. Background of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We'll be coming at you live from PNC Arena tomorrow. Remember, Tom Dundon, the owner of the Canes, one of our guests. And we will have one more. It'll be our last pair of tickets to give away to opening night. John Forslund, radio and TV voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, will be joining us shortly. You can chime in with your question or comment on the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball playoffs, or opening night of the regular season in the NHL. 1-800-849-2761 is that ticket into the program. Baseball's playoffs tonight after the Nationals took out the Brewers in thrilling fashion last night up in D.C. in the NL wild card. Nats get the Dodgers next. The Rays will be at the A's tonight in the AL wild card. Winner gets the Houston Astros. The Dodgers and the Astros are by far the two most popular picks to win it all this year. Speaking of popular picks, since everybody has their NHL preview out, or perhaps did long ago in some cases, the preseason favorites are the Tampa Bay Lightning in the East, Remember, they were brilliant in the regular season before face planting or ice planting a year ago in the postseason. The Lightning still talented. Steven Stamkos and friends out front. In net, on defense, and otherwise, they're loaded. Will it transition to or translate to postseason success after an assumed good regular season one more time? We'll see. The Lightning, the favorite in the East. The Vegas Golden Knights, the favorite out West. A lot of people are picking the Toronto Maple Leafs as a breakthrough team this year. Your Canes are, for a change, picked by most to make the playoffs. People are impressed by Rod Brindamore and the change of culture under him and the new owner, Tom Dundon. People are impressed by that defensive core rated number one in ESPN.com's rankings earlier today. Jacob Slavin, Dougie Hamilton, Brett Pesci, and a new guy, Jake Gardner. That top four on defense, part of a six-man core rated in the ESPN rankings, one through 31, number one overall. The Canes forwards, the Canes goaltending were rated more middle of the pack in the NHL, at least at that website. We have him now, radio and TV voice of the Carolina Hurricanes. Catch him tomorrow night as the Canadians visit your Carolina Hurricanes. John Forslund, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Hi, David. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, big picture before we get into the Canes. 
as we're all excited about the return of hockey, I laid out some of the uh, preseason expectations. We do have some new rules. There are not a lot of them, but I guess it was a byproduct of some mishaps in the postseason last year. What should hockey fans and Kaniacs look for when it comes to expanded video review or any other tweaks to the system? You know what? There's so many of them that, you know, we're going to take up the allotment here <laughs> the time you've provided. But, and, and they're subtle, right? So a lot of these are are situations that just sitting there enjoying the game, you might not even notice or watching the game or listening to the game. Um, you know, for instance, when the puck is cleared in on the defending uh, half of the red line, like a long clear in on the goalie, the goalie freezes the puck. You know, one team can't change anymore defensively. Yeah. You can't make that defensive change. You get to pick which face-off circle if you're the attacking team. You know, little things like that. And you can't go to commercial timeout. Now, no one's going to see or recognize that situation other than the people that are directly involved in the game. That's just one of many little tweaks that they've made, uh, hoping that it would just add to, you know, scoring and at least favoring the offensive team, uh, like uh, strength of position in terms of the face-off circle and all of that. I think the biggest thing to remember here now is the timeout is long gone on coach's challenge. And any kind of coach's challenge that's unsuccessful now, whether it be for um, goaltender interference, offside, or now they've put into play um, plays that are continuance that lead to a goal that are illegal. For instance, if the puck's batted down with a high stick, it leads to a goal that's not detected by the officials, a glove pass in the offensive zone, a puck that goes in the protective netting that's not seen, and then through video, it's the goal is challenged. And if the coach is right, okay, but if he isn't, he gets penalized. Mm. So that's the one for me that's the biggest uh, difference here is the coaches have uh, – more blood on the line, if you will, um, if, if, they, if they're wrong. So it'll be interesting to see what road that goes down. You have become one of the great national and international voices of hockey for NBC. You, of course, are also well-known as the voice of the Hurricanes. As you travel around, how do you describe from right now to maybe a year ago at this time, when the Canes were known as the small market afterthought that rarely makes the playoffs, et cetera, uh, what have you seen either from the NHL media or others you know around the league? How many things have changed about the perception of this place that has long been known as a great place to live and raise a family if you're a hockey player, but has rarely been in the sort of storm surge and bunch of jerks yeah. and pl playoff spotlights like they were in 06 and last year? Yeah, great question. I, I think the difference now is there's a buy-in from the national media. There's a buy-in from the um, people that cover teams when they come here now. What I mean by that is last year at this time, if you would ask me about the Hurricanes, if I had to sing their praises to another market or to another network, uh, some of my friends up north of the border, you know, I'd be selling hope. I'd be selling a belief in Rod Brindamore, uh, albeit going into his first year as a coach, but just recognizing, and I, as we talked about the season or the off season before he took the job, we both felt, you know, he's the guy that could actually accomplish this, and he did. And then it would be Justin Williams and what Justin Williams was doing for the would do for the team as a captain, but that was all a sell job. And they would they would listen out of respect, and then they I don't know what they would do, and they got behind closed doors, they give you the airy eyeball, or you know you know look the other way or whatever. But <laughs> I I think now based on what that team did last year, making itself relevant they believe and there's a lot of people now that have a high level of expectation for this group groups a little bit different but the dynamic should be the same and the people are going to be in the building and it's all good again at least for now and i think the trick will be obviously to hang on to it 
hang on to the momentum, hang on to the relevance in this market, and continue to sell it because I think once everybody sees it at its best, they recognize there's a lot of things going here that are beautiful. The fact that it is a great place for hockey, that it is an exciting arena to see a game in, especially when it's jam-packed, and that the players love coming here now because the team is really competitive and it's a wonderful place to live. John Forslund joining us on Twitter. He's at John Forslund. Remember, he's back. Trip Tracy is back. Our good friend Mike Maniscalco, who hosted for us on Monday of this week, also back. A great TV crew. John, the voice of the Canes on the radio and TV side nowadays. All right, any crazy pronunciations that we have to get right since the season is almost here. I know that James, backup goalie James Reimer, not Reimer, right? Uh, yeah. You've helped us with Teravainen and Svechnikov yeah. and Marazic. What do we have on the plate this year? There aren't many other than, you know, if you were to look at uh, Ryan DeZingle, some people have assumed that the D is uh, silent and they call him Zingle. I, I've heard that, but it is DeZingle. Okay. Um, Eric Halla's name is, is, is Halla. It's not Haula, as uh, it's been pronounced by some people. Um, the Canes do a r- remarkable job with this because they, they're one of the few teams. There's a handful now that do it. I saw that actually this. just have the players say their names so you can hear it. Um, it it's a big help. But my favorite's coming in. We might as well get right to it. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow night when the Canadians are here, it's Jesperi Kakaniemi. Nice. And, uh, you try saying that one on the, on the fly during the power play. I will lean on John Forslid for such yeah. things entirely. My bottom line there, by the way, so the way the kids say holla, that's actually Eric Holla. That's how we. That's how yeah. I'm going to remember it. It's Holla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is going to lead. Which is going to lead to some interesting goal. Right oh, we'll I'm, I'm you. You are yeah. cooking them up as we speak, John Forsley. <laughs> All right. I asked uh, Rod Brindamore this question. We've asked the Caniacs this question. If you could point to one thing to watch to maximize the chance that these Caniacs or these Canes give this franchise back-to-back success stories, where do you point your finger? even as expectations are bigger this year than they were at this time last year? A couple of different areas. You know, number one, goaltending, and and goaltending twofold. Peter Morozik, you know, who played 40 games last year and was so sensational down the stretch and to get them into the early stages of the playoffs, and he was injured, and and Curtis McElhaney had to come in. We know the whole story. But can Morozik take his game to another level to even further prove that he's a legitimate number one goalie in the National Hockey League. I think the jury is still out. I think it's a fair assessment of his game and his career so far. But if they bump him up schedule-wise to 50, 55 games, that's pretty substantial. And that means whoever the number two is, and right now they start the season with James Reimer. If James Reimer can just settle into that role, lean on his experience, get them through important starts, and I think he may have one as early as Sunday at home against Tampa Bay, you know, that's going to be a big factor because McElhaney, what he did for the team last year, David, was so important. I'm not sure they make the playoffs without the contributions from Curtis McElhaney, who a year ago at this time, they plucked off waivers from Toronto. And then it's the early chemistry that they need to to, to kind of gel and and come together with and, and see if they can manufacture what they did last year in terms of that, it's it's hard to duplicate all the energy and everything they had in place because it was almost a, well, if you will, a perfect storm for this team, okay? And and Williams not being there, you know, with the fact that their captain, Justin Williams, is, is you know, kind of in limbo. He hasn't decided yeah. if he wants to play or not. What does it all mean? 
What I hope it doesn't mean is people try to live up to that because I think this team needs to write its own story. And very few teams that get to the conference final change the roster by maybe a half a dozen guys, which this team will. And I think there'll be a couple more new faces as the season progresses. So um, that's going to be the trick. And so uh, you, you got to go through it and you have to see how it, you know, comes together. But I think last year can, can prove that they can find their way. And again, it's total belief in Brindamore. Brindamore will be able to do this. I don't think he's entirely happy with his training camp. I really don't. I think if you're honest, there's a lot of coach speak coming out of him right now, but I don't think he's 100% on board with the way they played or the way the lines have gelled or the way the cohesion has come together with the newer guys. That's a work in progress. That's tough to do when the season starts and you basically start with three games and four nights. But that's the way it is. But I think that last year shows that this team under him can figure it out as they move along. And I suspect that may happen. Well done. It is opening night. You'll hear John Forsland all year long as the voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, radio, TV, and otherwise. John, thank you for the visit. Uh, I'll see you maybe at PNC Arena tomorrow. I'm doing my show there and staying for the game. So thanks for this uh, opening night launching pad visit on the David Glenn Show. Thanks, buddy. Sorry I was tardy. You're going to have to give me a demand. Oh, man, all good. It's all good. We'll take a little John Forsman like 30 seconds late over virtually any of our friends in the hockey world. He is that good and that worth waiting for, as the old saying goes. Not as worth waiting for as Katia Kankola, Darren, the Finnish sensation of my youth. But otherwise, John Forsland certainly delivers the goods. Final thoughts, TV picks as we come down the stretch. Next. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Special thanks to Dan Shulman, ESPN baseball voice. Your TV picks tonight, of course, include Rays at A's, AL wildcard. Anthony Beck from ESPN on football. John Forslund, always good on the National Hockey League. Special thanks to Katya from Finland from my childhood as well. Your other TV picks include a doubleheader on the NBC Sports Network because it is opening night for the National Hockey League. Enjoy those games. I will see you live from PNC Arena leading up to opening night for the Canes. See you tomorrow. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.